Grab them by the pod. I'm Kevin, here as always with Jesse. Hey! And we want to remind you to beware the Ides of March. Today is March 15th, and of course, on this day in 44 BC, the great Emperor Caesar stabbed to death by Brutus and Cassius, and henceforth changing the Roman Republic to an empire under Octavian, later known as Augustus. So is it something that's a little foreboding? You know, is that what's happening here? Are we going to be changing from a republic to an empire? I don't know. Remains to be seen. What do you think, Jess? Well, I'm more focused on the day before today in the year 2017, where we got a giant snowstorm in the Northeast, and we're both kind of buried in right now. True. Yeah, we, we should both be at our actual full-time jobs, but uh, thanks to the snow, we're getting to do this in the middle of the afternoon. I kind of like it. And I am working, but I am doing this on my lunch break. So any of my coworkers who are listening, let them know. I'm not screwing around too much. Uh, but, you know, I figure make use of the time while we can do it. And I, I want to tell you, it's great to have you back, Kevin. You know, uh, this weekend I was on a radio show without you. And it was fun, but it, it's never as much fun as when you're with me. Well, of course, thank you for the love, Jess. Uh, I, you know, I was proud of you. I listened to that radio show, and, and Jesse and our podcast are now famous out in middle America, out in Omaha. Yeah, and, and who knows how far north that goes or how far south that goes or whatever. You know, the whole Midwest maybe just listens to us and, and loves us now. We were billed as the famous <laughs> Grab Them by the Pod uh, podcast. So We were. you, you got to thank your buddy there for that uh, little uh, – little comment you know it made me feel pretty good about myself and i hope all those fine folks out there in the great plains you know are, are starting to listen to our show so last week uh we, we came on just as the new we, you know I, I don't call it obamacare so i won't call it trump care uh the american health care act came out so we had some of the information but we didn't really have a chance to digest it uh that that much and we uh, we talked about it briefly on that radio show this weekend, but now uh, earlier this week the CBO scored the bill, and it's a Congressional Budget Office. Of people who don't know what that is, uh, they basically go through it, and the score is you know, how much money is it going to save or cost, uh, how many jobs is going to create or lose, basically what's it going to do, and uh, it wasn't necessarily that great. No, and the funny thing is the CBO has been a good friend to the Trump administration when. It serves them. Whenever the CBO gives information that is beneficial to the Trump administration, they love it. They laud it. They praise it. But in this case, they're trying to discredit the CBO or at least downplay the CBO's report because it kind of comes out on the negative side for Trump and his team. And it's funny that they, they point to the ACA and how they were off with that. But if you look at anybody who made predictions, the CBO was actually closest. And, and say they're off by half. Uh, right now they're saying by 2018, 14 million people are going to lose health insurance. By 2026, it'll be 24 million. So even if they're wrong by half, that's still 12 million people who are going to be losing health insurance in the next decade. And that's nothing to be proud of. No, it's not. And I actually have a quote here lined up from the most recent Time magazine. It says, for all its problems, the law, referring to the Affordable Care Act, has helped millions of people in deep red counties across the country gain insurance. Of the top 20 congressional districts in the country receiving Obamacare subsidies, 11 are represented by Republicans, according to a Time analysis. As much as 7% of households in those areas receive funds to help pay for insurance. So, the idea that this is going to drop people from the insurance that the Affordable Care Act gained them, especially those people in areas that are represented by Republicans, this is not going to play well for those Republican members of Congress who are now attempting to do away with it. 
Time magazine, it's just fake news. Don't listen oh, to that. Oh, fake, no. fake news. Mainstream media <laughs> is fake. Any, anything that disagrees with Trump is fake news. Anything that agrees with him is real. That's what he said. Um, we should all realize that. The other part about this uh, that's not going to be too good. So they're, they're touting that by 2026, uh, premiums are going to decrease by 10%, which sounds great. But you don't realize that there's going to be an initial increase of 15 to 20% because they're repealing the mandates. People are going to drop out and not have health insurance. And, and so basically, if you survive for 10 years and don't die, maybe it'll be good. But it's it's kind of screwing us in the short term. And and people often care about what's happening right now, what not what might happen in the future. And Republicans need to be careful here because, yes, in the short term, things are, are going to improve. But then overall, in the long run, this could be detrimental because older folks could end up facing higher premiums without the Affordable Care Act. And it tends to be that the older folks are the ones voting for those Republicans. So they need to be careful with how they move forward. Really do. And and the other I guess good thing you'll hear out of the Trump administration is that it is going to decrease uh, the deficit by something like, what, $337 billion over the next 10 years. And that's no uh, small chunk of change. But again, if you ask people, would you rather uh, have health insurance and uh, have a higher uh, deficit, I think they'll go with that. They're touting that anybody who wants health insurance can have it. But they're not really stressing the point that you may want it, but you can't afford it. And those two things are really different. More importantly, are there other places we could be cutting from the budget that would get us the same desired result and still provide people with basic human rights, basic human needs like health care? You know, the defense spending budget is $598 billion, which is more than half of our overall uh, federal budget. So perhaps there's some areas there that we could be looking to cut, which I don't necessarily see since President Trump seems to be kind of needling different points around the world, hotspots that could bring us into more uh, military conflict. So maybe we could be paying attention to some of the other areas where we're spending and be able to provide things like health insurance to those most in need. The problem is that spending on military and defense, and things like that, it's, it's very sexy, I think, to people who don't really follow politics very closely. They go, oh, yeah, you know, terrorism, let's get the bad guys, rah, rah, rah. Um, but a lot of the spending I think he's increasing isn't necessarily necessary. We've talked about this on, on past podcasts. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see now if it even makes it out of the House, uh, let alone the Senate, because uh, people, as you mentioned in some of the things you were reading earlier, like, people are not going to be happy with how this is going to affect some of their districts. And uh, if, if when it comes to any politician, the number one thing they're concerned with is getting reelected. So if their constituents are not happy, uh, it's not going to make it out of Congress, out of the House. Absolutely not. So again, I think this is something that those in charge of Republicans in Congress, Paul Ryan and the boys, need to, I should say boys and girls, there's quite a few females in Congress as well. We don't want to be sexist. We're not misogynist here. We are not uh, President Trump. This is something that they need to pay careful attention to. What's going to affect the most amount of people in the most positive way? And I, I think when you look at it, you know, repeal and replace needs to be Let's fix the areas that can be fixed. Let's try to save some money if we can, but most importantly, let's provide for the American people. Yeah, this shouldn't be a, a partisan thing. This shouldn't be politicized. It's about helping the most most people that you can. Uh, you know, we're we're in a good enough place that we have health insurance, and it's not necessarily, necessarily something we have to deal with. But uh, a lot of people aren't so fortunate, and uh, it, it can be you in the blink of an eye. You just you don't see it coming sometimes, and. Uh, 
you know, when it, as we go back to the, you know, they came for this person, they came for that person, they came for me, there was no one else to speak up. Um, if we don't speak up now, you know, when, it, when it's an issue you may need some help with, you may be, may be screwed, for lack of a better term. To me, this whole thing just, it, it seems to be a dismantling or an attempt to dismantle all the progress made by the New Deal or LBJ's Great Society. You know, it's similar to back in 1994 when Newt Gingrich became Speaker of the House and had his contract with America. The idea of getting rid of social programs for the sake of saving money. But when we look historically at the progress that was made by these programs and how it's made our country better, the whole idea of seeking a more perfect union, as our Constitution says, more perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But the idea of providing more things to more people to make our country great, that's what makes America great again. Well, I, I like your slogan at the end there. <laughs> um, so we're going to see what's going This is going to be at the top of the headlines for, for a long, long time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably sh- – I think Spicer's probably having his press conference. If he's having one today, probably right around now or, or, or pretty soon. So we're going to be missing what he's saying. But uh, there's always something interesting coming out of that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, as we all know, I think it was like 10 days ago or so, Trump uh, tweeted that he had proof of Obama, President Obama, former President Obama wiretapping him. And the quote, just to remember, is terrible. Just found out that Obama has my wire had my wires tapped. Uh, in quotations, in Trump Tower, uh, just before the victory. Uh, and since then, they've been needled by the press for proof by members of Congress, and you know there's no proof to be had. Earlier this week at Sean Spicer's press conference, he said, to the, when asked this question, if you look at the president's tweet, he said very clearly, quote, wiretapping, in quotes. The president was very clear in his tweets that he was, you know, wiretapping that spans a whole host of surveillance types of options. So he's basically saying that he said wiretapping, but he didn't really mean wiretapping. You know, Spicer seems to do this a lot, that uh, he'll say, the president was very clear when, no, he wasn't. Or it's obvious the president meant, no, the president wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious what the president meant. Um, He's basically saying that we can't take the president as word, except for when we can, which doesn't seem to make much sense. Right. There's an awful lot of double speak, double talk here. And just to be clear, every time Jesse did throw up the air quotes for wiretapping, <laughs> it, the idea, again, and we keep coming back to this, and I've said this, I think, on every episode so far, is that facts do matter. And the president continues to attempt or through his his people like Spicer keeps attempting to get away with throwing out these these false claims and seeing what, you know, throw it to the wall and see what sticks. And it is, it's sticking in certain parts, right? Uh, Trump supporters believe in this. But as a people, as a republic, we cannot continue to allow the president and his team to throw out false accusations and false information and then, you know, allow them to, to backpedal away from it. I mean, it's the same thing as when he was doing the whole birther movement. He had no real claim behind that, no real proof behind that claim. But, you know, people just went with it. But he wasn't president then. He was just being you know, one of the many idiots on both sides who comes out and says stupid things or whatever. But now he's president. And, and, and Spicer's also saying, by the way, that Trump wasn't referencing Obama. He was referencing the Obama administration you know, more broadly, not, not him personally, even though one of his tweets said, how low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? Bad or sick guy. Sounds like he's talking about a person and not an administration to me. Seems to me I would agree with you. The idea that we're often we're told that you can't always take the president so literally. Well, 
he's my president. He's the president of the United States. I want to take, I need to be able to take him literally. What he says matters. You know, his decisions have the ability to affect so much the world over. And to every time he comes out with some new piece of information or, or some new wild claim that I'm not supposed to take him literally, you know, don't play me for such a fool or, you know, you know, I'm not that stupid. You know, you need to start using facts. And, and people are quick to point out, you know, uh, Clinton lied about sleeping with Monica Lewinsky or having sex with Monica Lewinsky or whatever, but he didn't offer that. It wasn't like he's like, by the way, I did not sleep with her. He was accused and it all came out. Trump just threw this out there for no particular reason. Like no one was asking him about this or no, nothing was going on. He just threw it out there. So if he's lying and gets in trouble for lying, he has really no one to blame but himself and his ego. No, and the the audacity this man has to liken what he claims President Obama's team to have done is like McCarthyism. You know, for those that don't know, this is the definition of McCarthyism. <laughs> what Donald Trump is doing right now is the definition of McCarthyism, throwing out false accusations that could potentially ruin someone's career or life. That's McCarthyism. That's dangerous. What is dangerous is what's happening right now at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And it doesn't help that he's potentially going to be blackballing some of these Republicans who don't go along with him and will support you know, people who are running against them in primaries. That's, again, very much McCarthyism that, uh, you know, if you're doing something I don't like, I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again, whether it's Hollywood or Washington, D.C. I don't know. Um, and did you see the end of uh, last week when they were talking about this bill? Uh, just let's go back to Sean Spicer. He became very obsessed with size. He kept having you know, the ACA next to the uh, American Health Care Act going, look at the size. This one is big. This one's small. It's better. I'm like, I can't believe Saturday Night Live didn't run with him being obsessed with size. Yeah, crowd size, bill size. This guy does seem to strike me as the type that would be jealous. I don't know what he's hiding. Far be it for me to make any uh, accusation here. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is a little bit concerning. Is, is Sean Spicer the best or the worst press secretary of all time? I mean, he's, he's working with what he has. I mean, imagine having that job and having to deal with Trump. I mean, maybe maybe we don't give him enough credit. Yeah, I think that's, you know, to be fair to him, I guess we probably should, right? He's making the best of a bad situation. Uh, good for him, I guess. Uh, it, certainly, I'm sure he doesn't like to go home and watch himself be parodied on, on Saturday Night Live or other night, nightly shows. But, uh, yeah, maybe we should give him some credit, right? He, yeah. He's making the best uh, of what he can. And, you know, he, he wasn't parodied on SNL this weekend, but he did have a tough weekend. You know, uh, when your phone doesn't work, you know, it takes you, I, I'm obsessed with my phone, I'm... I'm of the age where, you know, I'm on it nonstop. And uh, Sean Spicer to go to the Apple store this weekend, and some woman uh, was recording him. And I hate when they do this. You've, everybody says this, but they keep doing it. They recorded them the, the long way, so you have the black bars on the side. You're supposed to do it the horizontal way, the portrait or the, uh, the landscape way. But anyways, some uh, woman just started uh, yelling at him and screaming at him and saying, you know, you're a fascist. Are you a fascist like your boss? And he's just like, oh, you know, it's a great country. And I, I have, I'll give him credit that. One, he just out living his life, and and two, I, I would have been like, get the hell out of my face, because she was really getting into his face. Um, so you know, if if you see Sean Spicer out there, say don't scream at him, talk to him if if if, if you can. You're gonna get some actual information out of him, uh, if you know that way. If you just scream at him, you're just gonna look like an idiot, and he's obviously not gonna say anything. You're not gonna, you've changed no human being's mind by screaming at them. I think. Right, and good for him for playing it cool. He handled it like a respectful adult. Something I'm not so sure his boss would have done. So good for you, Sean Spicer. That's how you should handle those situations. His boss would have called her a loser and 
and you know ugly and, and stuff like that yeah fat so, pig comes to mind yeah yeah i mean yeah that's our president um, <laughs> um someone else in the administration kellyanne conway had a relatively interesting week but again what week with her since this election has it not been interesting um she's continuing the trend that spicer started of not really knowing if somebody in the trump administration is being little literal or not uh she was being inter interviewed and you know last week uh, WikiLeaks released some stuff uh, saying that, the, and it's weird how people can applaud that. But it's, I guess, if some stuff is really bad, you you want to know, but it also means the CIA is getting hacked. It's not good. But anyways, they released some stuff saying that the government can spy on you through your, I think, Samsung uh, television. Although John Oliver last week kind of said so you'd have to go in there and like put some stuff on there, and and it, it's not just cut and dry if you have it. Long story short, though, she's being interviewed by this and said, you know, you can be surveilled uh, by your phones, uh, by your television sets. I mean, any different way, even your microwaves. And people just died laughing that I don't think there's a camera in anybody's microwave. Uh, and uh, I don't know where that came from. But how many people now are going to get up, go to their kitchens and unplug the thing just to make sure. Right. <laughs> We're going to have a number of conspiracy theorists who are now afraid to, you know, make a bag of microwave popcorn because it's, you know, their microwave is spying on them. So, you know, quickly, uh, the the stock value of Hungry Man frozen dinners is going to plummet. The president just affecting the, you know, the stock price of, uh, of an independent organization. I, I did see a funny video online where someone was like, I'm just going to make coffee. Dump it, dump it up and open up her thing. And there's a phone with with um, Obama, I think, with binoculars looking at her. And she's like, oh, my God, he's looking at me. Um, but, but guess what? Uh, he's Trump's the president now. If anybody's spying, it's him and him, him, his administration, it's his CIA, whether he wants to take it or not, the, you know, it's, he's president. You can't keep blaming Obama forever. To come back to something we said a little while ago on the show, this is, this is the problem, not being able to take the president or his team at literal face value. You know, this is dangerous. If they continue to nothing is serious, everything's a joke, you can't take us serious, you can't take us literally. When we're dealing with foreign countries, you know, heads of state of other countries, they're taking you literally. You have to be more measured. They have to be more careful in what they say. They cannot backpedal everything every time. Eventually, people stop believing you. And now it's, it's bad enough if your own people in your country stop believing and, and you have no credibility. But to other countries imagine how this comes off yeah it reminds me of, of two stories one of them you may know the boy who cried wolf uh it didn't work too, out too well in the end but it reminds me of another story of a young boy named jesse freshman in in high school who uh you know this girl he liked and and he asked her out and got shot down and then he was like i was just joking i was just trying to you know I didn't really like you. I was just trying to, you know, get some action. I tried trying to like whatever, and it didn't work out so well for me. But I was trying to cover my butt because I was embarrassed about the situation. And to a greater extent, that's really what the administration is doing now. When they say something stupid, and they realize it's probably not working out well with the uh, with the people, and they try to backpedal, and it just sounds stupider than if they just said, "Oh, we screwed up, or we were wrong, or, or whatever." Yeah, I'm sure lots of people have those kind of stories. I've got a couple in my bag as well, but. You know, it's I'm tired of a presidential administration not being presidential. Stop the joking. Stop with, with making these funny little quips or these anecdotal stories. You're you are the president or you're the president's press secretary or the president's advisor. You've got to start acting the part. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not holding my breath anytime soon.
Me either. Um, but but you know, again, not to say we never go after either side. Uh, I think there was kind of on the left side, on the liberal side, the Democrat side yesterday. There was kind of a, you know, it's not the end of the world, but a little flub um, with Rachel Maddow and her show on MSNBC. She, uh, I want to say it was probably like 7:30, 7:45. Teased on Twitter that she had a giant scoop. Uh, according to her, uh, on Trump's tax returns, they're like, oh, great, we're going to get his like, 2015, 2016 tax returns, see what's going on. And she made people wait for a while for an intro, got a commercial. So it turns out um, she had a couple pages, the uh, 1040 form from Trump's 2005 tax return. And it says, yeah, he made $150 million, paid $38 million in tax, which is something like 25%. Tax, yeah, yeah, you can be paying more, but you know, in the end, whatever. Um, and she was actually scooped because she took forever to put it out there. The White House released it, um, a couple of other web pages released it, so you know, there was no real smoking gun. But again, this is from 12 years ago. It's, I, I really wish you know, they had waited till they found out what his, his current one is, if, if that's possible to ever find. Well, I'm glad that you pointed out, Jesse, that MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, they are partisan. And they are equally partisan to Fox News or some of the other uh, news organizations on the right. MSNBC is a, a left-leaning news organization. So the information is biased. And, of course, Rachel Maddow is trying to point out something derogatory about the president. The fact that she teased it as such to try to get you know viewers excited, to try to get more people to tune into her show, you know, it says something about this 24-7 news cycle that we live in and the instant gratification era that, that we belong to where people uh, can't handle having to wait before they are revealed a piece of information. You know, that, that seems to me that's all done for ratings. That's, that's done for show to try to get people to watch. Uh, but what's more important, I think, when we look at the actual numbers that were released, granted this is only a piece of the tax returns from 12 years ago, but what stood out to me was that President Trump wrote off $100 million in losses uh, to reduce his federal income tax. So for this man who always claims how great he is and how he's a winner, he doesn't like losers. It's okay to be a loser when it comes to your businesses so that you can lower your taxes. That stood out. Although, though, let's let's make it none, none of this stuff is illegal at all. It's just it's the tax code is you look at the tax code. It's ridiculous, and and it's kind of designed so these kind of things can happen for people of of this wealth. But yeah, you know, uh, you, you, the tax your tax returns will tell a story, and it may be different than what he is he is saying. And especially again, remember two thousand five, things were probably going swimmingly for him. He. Uh, you have the uh, the apprentice. You know, who knows if he was dealing with Russian stuff? Or, I mean, we don't know that he was in general right now. But again, what was released, you can't tell any of that stuff. And God, I was looking at tweets from from Don Jr. and he was being a, a smug sob too. And it's like, can't you just say like, hey guys, we told you there's nothing to see there. Like they have to start sticking it to people, and that's what really turns me off. And again, I'll be fair and say it's my major turnoff with uh, Rachel Maddow is uh, not necessarily that I'll disagree with her with a lot of things. But I find her to be very smug, and it doesn't matter which side it is. Smugness, I think, turns me off more than like if you're being loud and crazy and obnoxious, I can just go, ah, you're you're an idiot, and then move by. But the, for some reason, the smugness. But but again, it's that's something that's there on on both sides, and. And the Trump boys uh, showed it on Twitter last night. Well, and this is where people, regardless of what side of the aisle you lean towards, need to recognize in themselves that this is news, right? If it's if it's biased news, if it's slanted one direction or the other, recognize that this already has a slant that you agree with. 
And so by watching it or listening to it, you're not going to be hearing anything from the other side. You're not going to be getting any favorable information for the other side. So you're not really being able to form a full opinion. You know, you're all, you're just filling your head with things you already want to hear or things that you already believe. And, and that's what I think too many people are no longer doing. You know, you need to be able to cross reference with information from the other side to be able to form uh, a more fair opinion. It's what we call an echo chamber. And uh, people are happy just to hear people who agree with them, but you're not going to learn anything that way. And you may act actually be becoming stupider <laughs> to a certain degree because you're not getting new and important information. You're just hearing the same stuff or, or stuff slanted in a certain way uh, that makes you feel warm and cozy at night, which, you know, some, this goes back, actually. I had a conversation at work. Would you rather be very smart and unhappy or stupid and happy? And everybody said stupid and happy, and I was the only person that said I'd rather be like smart, informed, and unhappy. And they looked at me like I was a crazy person. Right. Well, that's why so many uh, of the, the wonderful writers, I, I, Hemingway comes to mind, brilliant man, an excellent writer. You know, he drank too much and he killed him because he couldn't tolerate, you know, being intelligent, uh, you know, with people around him uh, that were not. You know, I think... Uh, you, know, you bring up a good point there. And I, I had just read a study somewhere this past week about the smarter people think they are, the less they actually know, right? Because they fill their heads with the information that they already know. They're, they're not getting information from a wide perspective. And that makes them think that they're very intelligent, that they have all the answers, but the, they actually know less information altogether uh, than, than otherwise. Yeah, that's why whenever I see a study or something come out, I, I immediately go to not, – not that Wikipedia can always be trusted, but they usually say whether it's a left-leaning or a right-leaning or a nonpartisan, whether it's an organization, a, uh, a think tank, whatever. And if I see left or right, I usually don't necessarily take it to heart because you know questions can be asked in specific ways to get specific answers. And, uh, you know, it's just it's worth going out there and just finding the most unbiased information you can. It may not be as uh, entertaining or as sexy to read, but you'll you'll benefit in the long run, I think. Great point. I I do want to get back, though, to the story of Trump's taxes just for a minute. Uh, Donald Trump running for president and as president was pushing for laws that change the tax code that would seem to benefit multimillionaires uh, heirs of big fortunes, right? And there is something already in place called the alternative minimum tax. And this is something that Donald Trump wants to abolish. But the AMT, as it's called for short, is the very thing that enforced Trump paying $38 million in taxes back in 2005. And that law was instituted to prevent wealthy Americans from paying no income taxes at all. And without the AMT being in place, Donald Trump, instead of paying $38 million in income taxes, would have only paid about $5 million on $150 million in earnings. So there's a reason why those tax codes are in place. You know, he paid an effective tax rate of about 25%. That is in line with what, you know, the average American is paying on their income. And, you know, at the very least, shouldn't a multimillionaire be held to the same standard as the average American? You think so, especially when they're president, and uh, you know actually that this really got Trump fired up, because uh, he actually tweeted out this morning uh, around six fifty uh, five Eastern time. Said, "Does anybody really believe that a reporter who nobody ever heard of went to his mailbox and found my tax returns? NBC fake news." And you know it's upsetting him because then just seven minutes later tweeted. 
Can you imagine what the outcry would be if Snoop Dogg, failing career and all, uh, had aimed and fired a gun at President Obama? Jail time! Uh, I don't know if you know what that is, that in Snoop Dogg's newest video, he has a bunch of people dressed up like clowns. Of course, there's an orange face clown supposed to be uh, Trump and fires like a gun that has the thing come out and say bang uh, at him. Is he back so. to Snoop Dogg now? Is that what it is? Last I heard, it was Snoop Lion. Snoop, Snoop Lion Snoop. never really. I remember I I, I asked a, a guy who liked him in college, you know, what happened to Snoop Dogg? He goes, that stupid name. He changed it to Snoop Dogg. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, a couple things I want to say. One, if the tax returns bothered him so much, couldn't he have waited more than seven minutes to uh, comment on this. Second, uh, you know, they say Snoop Dogg has a failing career. I mean, to me, you know, since the heyday of the, of the 90s with Snoop Dogg, he's kind of had the same career, I think, for the like last 15 years or something. He just, he's just Snoop Dogg. I mean, he's just, he's just there. So I don't know if he's failing. In, in jail time, um, you know, he didn't actually shoot Trump. Now, I, I will admit, if, um, if this had been to Obama, yeah, it would have been a giant outcry. People would have said there are racial components to this, whatever. Um, but let's remember that while President George W. Bush was president, they made a movie called Death of a President where he was assassinated and made it look like it was a documentary. And I don't think – I mean I, I don't remember what W. said at the time, but it wasn't like that's big of a kerfuffle, I don't think. Well, we may not agree with everything that is said. Is this not what the First Amendment protects? Yeah, I mean it's I, – I would have said – he probably shouldn't have done it. I saw on TMZ that actually Ice-T was saying he probably shouldn't have done it. Although I think there's another guy with him. I can't remember the rapper's name. They're like, you're Ice-T. You went from killing cops yeah. to being a cop that's on the police, order. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, we've come a long way. See, when we age, we wisen a little. <laughs> really. But if you have Ice-T saying, you know what? Like, you know, it's fine that he did it, but you know, he probably shouldn't have done it because you know, he is the president. I go, yeah, that's kind of how I agree. Like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, throw the <laughs> in jail but you know it's but people were talking about snoop dogg so i guess it it did work out when the president's tweeting about you for right or wrong you know you've made it well i think the most remarkable thing to take away from this was that donald trump waited until 6 55 a.m to tweet that's a that's a good three hours later than his usual tweeting time i thought i thought they took away his phone he always does this yet enough time without a crazy tweet to think, okay, maybe like they've taken his phone away. He doesn't have Twitter anymore. And just when you think that's what it's happening, boom, he just goes nuts. I don't know. Well, baby steps. Baby steps. And by the way, he's uh, going to Nashville today to hold hold a rally for no particular reason. You know, it, it, it's over. The, you won the won the election. But uh, it's one of these rallies where whenever he gets criticism, he just goes there and you get all the people who like him go there. And he goes, oh, everybody likes me because that's how his mind and ego works. That if, if everybody I can see uh, likes me and there's a lot of them, well, then I must be wonderful. Well, this is bread and butter. He's an excellent campaigner. He, he loves to rally the troops for 2020, I guess. <sighs> I can't even think that far ahead. I mean, I'm having trouble thinking about right now. Um, something we'll talk about, I think, on maybe the next ep- next episode. I saw it before we came on. I didn't really get a chance to read about it. Is um, a whole bunch of stuff going on with Trump uh, and the EPA, where he wants to reveal uh, repeal some of the regulations uh, that were put on the car uh, industry that basically would have made them make cars that you know, got more miles per gallon, were all around just better for the environment, and the consumer. And he wants to repeal some of those and start over, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's more than MCI on that one. And uh, we can talk about that some other time, I guess. At the end of the day, I just wish that whether it's Donald Trump or the Republicans in Congress, if they would would stop and think rationally for a minute, that just because it was passed under a previous president of a different party does not mean it's entirely bad and that we don't need to throw out and start over. 
let's take some of the good things that are already happening. You know, we're cutting off our nose to spite our face just because it was passed by a person with a D at the end of their name. When I worked in Congress, the best days and the best weeks, or nothing was really going on, or nothing, you know, nothing crazy was going on, because that way people weren't liking you or hating you. You're just kind of there doing your job or, or not doing your job. Who knows with Congress? But you know, do you really want to? Some people get really fired up about going in. Yeah, just you know, the other side did this, so I'm going to do this. But you know, come on. I, I was on a committee where uh, they were basically considered co-chairs, the uh, the Republican and the Democrat. And I was actually quoted by the former uh, governor of Montana. I told him that before a hearing, and he went in and goes, I've even been told you guys are co-chairs. And I'm like, ah, I said that. But uh, that's what I like, that uh, you don't have to go, you know, I'm the boss, I'm in charge, my party's here. Just go along, work together, and the country will thank you for it. Well, and this is where we need to give credit where it's due. Give President Obama some credit for for saying that, look, if you can do better than my version of health care, more power to you. Go with it. And I support you. You know, we, we have to give credit and give praise where there is bipartisanship going on. And there's one perfect example. All right. Uh, before we go, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Well, I do, Jess. I've got a, a little piece of food for thought here. Ooh, okay. Well, we should we should always end with a little Kevin's corner. <laughs> I to think about. I like that. Maybe maybe that's what we should do. You know, as we've already talked about on the show today, a president that you can't take literally, a president that you can't take seriously, that has to backpedal everything, is not good. I'm tired of an administration that doesn't believe in facts that doesn't believe in transparency. These are the tactics of authoritarian governments, secretive on everything, believing in and talking about how great they are, and yet all the while slowly attempting to strip away rights so that people don't notice as it's going on until the next thing you know, the ruler has absolute power. And if you think that that doesn't happen in the 21st century, that that can't happen in a democracy, Look at Putin in Russia and look at Erdogan in Turkey. This can happen, but we can't let it happen to us. Very well said, Kevin. And uh, I'll just end by saying, remember, you can find us on Twitter at GrabByThePod. You can email us at GrabThemByThePod at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. We're on all the Android platforms. We're on YouTube. I, I promise you, if you Google Grab Them by the Pod, we're the only thing gonna, that's going to be coming up. Uh, and uh, it's, it's as always, we love having you. So it's been a great time, Kevin, and we'll uh, we'll talk next time. As always, till next time. Later. Later.